Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, June 30th, the year 2022. This is your host, Mike Abadir, and this is the Mike Abadir Show. Of course, you know that because you clicked that button to tune into it. And as always, I am honored to bring in longtime show contributor, good friend of mine, the main man, Pop DiBiase, Jamil, who, by the way, for those of you who don't know, several pronunciations for the name, but there's one key meaning to it, which is greatness, beauty, aura. It's an Arabic-originated name, and I'm here to bring in the beautiful man himself. What's going on, Pop? Oh, you got me over your blessing. I'm good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. And, uh, you know, I... You know, one of the things that dates back to my childhood is this uh, memory of my kind of home conference in terms of collegiate sports and academics and all that kind of stuff. It is the Pac-10. Go a long ways back with it. And anybody that follows sports or maybe even just academics knows, you know, you got the four Cali teams and the two AZ, the two Washington and Oregon and you got yourself the Pac-10. Then we decided to get fancy not that long ago. Earlier, uh, you know, in the 2010s. And bring in some outsiders. All right. Well, you know, Utah, Colorado. Not exactly storied histories. Maybe Colorado, sort of, but not necessarily the Utes. But we accepted it. And it became the Pac-12. Tell me it ain't so. The Big Ten? Obviously, it's a money play, Pop, but and I haven't really dug into the depth of this rumor or confirmed or whatever this situation is, but just kind of reading the headlines and maybe you've done a little bit of digging, what are your first thoughts about this overall, aside from the obvious, which is it's a money grab? Right. My thing is like this. I just think that they're trying to, uh, they're trying to really, really make the Pac-12 do their job. I really do think that the Pac-12 got suppressed to cold blue, and this is an emergency situation. So this situation. is a little bit of poker. Bit yeah, of poker it's an emergency saying. situation for the Pac-12 because okay. if UCLA, USC leave, the conference is over. It's done. It's through. Wrap it up. Because literally all you're going to do is pretty much say, okay, hey, Big 12, why don't we go ahead and we just all come together as one, and then we're going to kick some people out of here. You know what I mean? Because you have to look at this. I say this, how is it possible that you go to the Big Ten? And I think the Big Ten right now has, what, 16 teams in there? And about four of them don't belong there as is. So are you going to add 18 or are we removing teams? Because I would say this, Nebraska has already had thoughts of leaving the Big Ten. Yeah, Nebraska's already mentioned that. And thinking about going back down to, say, maybe possibly the Big 12 and possibly flirted with the uh, Pac-12 as well, too. Now, I do think that it is a strong move for recruiting when it comes down to UCLA, USC, because then you become the the glamour schools of the Big Ten. 
You know what I mean? Because those schools are cut are are Midwest, you know, corn fed, you know, farm 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 places. Really, they are. You know what I mean? When you think about it, because come on, man, when you have these universities, you got Ohio State, it's in the capital, Columbus, but that's that's the country. That's pretty much southern Ohio, that's like the country. You know what I mean? And then you got Michigan that's somewhere out in the boonies, Ann Arbor. Now when you bring in Hollywood and LA, when you bring in Beverly Hills and LA, OMG. And then the pill that the Big Ten already has, this is not good for other for the bad Big Ten teams because now literally they're just gonna be doormats. And it's gonna make USC and UCLA so much better recruiting wise. I think that they the the writing is on the wall that UCLA is able to bring in a lot of basketball guys because they got a lot of basketball people that are famous and that can sell the school to them. USC can still bring in a lot of top tier college football players because they got a lot of people that can sell the school to them. So when you have a national presence and you're traveling every weekend now and going across the nation and now you have rivalries with Ohio State, Michigan, the it, it entices not just the Arizona, the the California, the Washington, uh, the Oregon, and the Nevada to, to entice that as your as your main source of recruiting. Now you can recruit all across the nation. Same thing goes for Texas and uh, Oklahoma. They just know that now we have a bigger recruiting base as well too. There's a lot of good things that go along with possibly going to the Big Ten and uh, going to the SEC. But I just really think that. College teams have to dial it back a little bit and remember that there's traditions that are in place as well, too, and that we really shouldn't be trying to get away from the rivalries of things. And I always felt that the Pac-12 wasn't doing enough over the last few years. Yes, they have their own network. That's all good and well. But Big Ten has a monster deal with Fox when it comes down to it. And SEC has a monster deal with ESPN. And it feels like, you know, the Pac-12 is getting the scraps of both of those. And the Pac-12 should have more exposure in with Fox because Fox literally has – we all remember Fox Sports West, all that good stuff. They always show Pac-12 games. That's literally who they their lifeblood was. So we know that this move is all about the money, but it is about you looking at making – winning – just winning more and getting more exposure and getting more TV time. It's not like they don't get enough TV time as is, but UCLA and USC are saying we can go wherever we want. We don't need the Pac-12. The Pac-12 needs us. Rutgers against USC. Illinois, Northwestern. I don't know, man. You know, I mean, you're right that they are the star power of the Pac-12 conference. There's no doubt about that. I mean, who who does that leave now as the power brokers of the conference? Oregon and Arizona, maybe? I mean, it certainly as hell isn't Cal and Stanford here in California. That's for sure. But I think a lot of it has you, – you nailed so many of the key points. Um, I think when you're talking about recruiting and stuff, you know, you got to wonder, does it really make that big of a difference recruiting wise to these kids? The fact that these guys are on eight o'clock Pacific Coast time games versus uh, uh, and which is 11 Eastern time versus playing, you know, in that for us, you know, those 9 a.m. games, you know, like Ohio State and Northwestern is like 9 a.m. game here in California for us noon over there. Um, so now you're going to get a bigger audience. 
yeah, I could subscribe to that. I could see that. But at the same time, man, it's like, what about these kids, man? Like, there's going to be no school at all if they're always having travel across country. Yeah, I think that we're playing – I think we're playing rich and poor right now in college football. It's like, okay, if you have a university that has a whole lot of money, let's all come together and we can all be in our own little conferences and things like that. We can get away from these traditions. We can get away from these broke schools that we had, that we are a part of, that we're in line with as well too. You know what I mean? Because when you look at it, it's a big difference between, say, mm, I would say look at – a school like uh, BYU, they're no longer in the Mountain West, but money-wise, they were like leagues ahead of everybody else in that conference. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. That's why oh, they're yeah. independent. You know what I mean? And Utah left because their leagues ahead of their leagues ahead money as well too, and they have to have better exposure for a school that has done way more on a national level. Now Colorado, on the other hand, was a school that was the bet was 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 angry at their conference and they're a big they're original they're a big eight school and they're part of the the which is and the big eight is literally done like that's oklahoma state that's oklahoma kansas state kansas um nebraska and colorado and i'm i'm other teams are coming to mind iowa state and i think Iowa was there for a little bit too if they weren't always in the big ten but all in all though you look at that and you say to yourself, okay, Nebraska and Colorado are actually rivals, and everybody should know that they play a game every early on in the season. So that rivalry kind of got is still going on. So it's not going to mess up the main rivalries. I'm, I still know that UCLA would still play Stanford and Cal. I don't think that would go anywhere, and USC as well too. You know, but, I mean, here's the thing, though. Now – now, back to your earlier point, which is that they are the two that have all the leverage within the Pac-12 conference. Now we're talking about a situation to where you have the Power Four. Then is what's going to be left, and not the Power Five conferences. You know what I mean? Like it really leaves them in the dust, in my opinion. All due respect to those schools, but let's face it: the reality of it is this. I hate to say it. You probably hate to say it too, but I mean, have has the conference, even with SC and UCLA, been relevant at all in um, the national title conversation in football? No, not really. Look at how look at how the the the, the conference has fared in bowl games over the last X many years. Same thing with March Madness too. I mean, yeah, UCLA has had some nice runs. Uh, every one, every few years they come up for a nice run, um, you know. But it's kind of been a while since the days of like Lou Olson. Maybe Sean Miller had some success at, at Arizona, but I mean overall, the conference it really hasn't has been a non-factor on the national title scene and the uh, scene in the major sports for for a while, anyways. Even with SC and UCLA, those two schools have you know. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like like for us, because the Pete Carroll era was so good. And, you know, it had like a nice, whatever it was, five-year run. Let's be honest, man. That was kind of a while ago now. Days of Reggie Bush and Lendell White and 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 uh, Liner and all those guys. I mean, now we're, we're talking now pushing on 15, 16, 17 years, man. It's hard to believe. 
You know, I mean, right. Once we get to 2024, 2025, which is right around the corner, it's going to be the 20 year anniversary of those national title teams. So, right. I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's something's broke and ain't and ain't right in in the college sports arena that you and I grew up with. It's now shifting to a very, very different dynamic when I'm looking at the Big Ten and I see, like, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights in the conference. You know, the Big Ten now, like you mentioned, 16 teams. Well, we're going to be, what, pushing on 18 teams? Why even call it the Big Ten anymore? Uh, I know that name just has, like, a historical implication, but overall, now you start kind of eroding some of these rivalries and stuff like that. I don't know, man. Uh, I think just from a nostalgic perspective, this doesn't feel right. And I really think that at the end of the day, I know it's a long shot because they said it's almost damn near done, but which but the higher ups have not talked about this is just negotiations that have went on with the school. That means that they haven't went to the conference to talk about this. This is something that got leaked and they want to make sure that they got their attention nationally that, hey, we're talking to the Big Ten and we possibly might be leaving you. All right. And I really want to say this. I think that if they would make a stronger run at say more expansion in the big in the pack 12 i think that that would would entice more tv dollars to come into the conference and i say this when i say you can invite somebody like nebraska that i just mentioned nebraska is perfect to come on in because that's a rival for colorado and then just just peep this just peep this mike now they're not that big on a scale yet, but they've been making some good waves over the last few years, bringing Utah State to have so Utah can have their rival as well too. It I was thinking a crazy I think, now, but no, I think that's, that's a actually, good little long shot to throw yeah, in there because they, sure. it's an attendance thing, and they are starting to bring in a lot of really good talent into that school. Utah State's one of the better schools in the Mountain West. They just don't get a lot of love because it's Utah. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a good point. It's a good suggestion. I would rather see them ultimately, like you said, just really improve their brand, develop more of the – see, here's the thing. You know, you hear about Cal and Stanford and how intense and ferocious of a rivalry it is, and that's kind of from my my old neck of the woods, my old stomping grounds, the A area, and the reality of it is the game hasn't really – aside from – you know, the people on both sides of the Bay, um, the game has zero national significance whatsoever. There's nobody right. that's waking up in New York on that Saturday morning saying, I can't wait. When, let's see the schedule. What time is Cal Stanford? It's a must watch. No, nobody gives a hoot about that. Right. Um, so I think I think they need to establish better rivalries. You know, SC, one of SC's better rivalry games is Notre Dame. Right. Right. I'd like to see them. It's almost kind of like work on bringing up from within and developing your farm system. I always thought that Fresno State and San Diego State were great opportunities in the middle of the state of California and at the very, very tip of the state of California at the bottom there to have teams that have good attendance, strong fan bases, and teams that could possibly compete in the conference if they just had a few more bucks to work with. 
you know, San Diego State can they can recruit. There's a lot of kids that come out of San Diego, and I'm sure a lot of them would love to stay there instead of going to, you know, snowbound Michigan State or something like that. But um, of course, you know, Michigan State, you're going to go there because you're going to be playing against better competition. Well, why can't we have that here in our own backyard? So I'd almost rather see them rather than contracting. I'd rather see them expanding, which is kind of what uh, what you're alluding to with Utah State. I think those are those would be kind of the teams that I would focus on. What you said, what I said, and I, I think you can make you know a better conference if you put the resources in to do it right. Because really, Pop, you're talking about before any of this stuff matriculates. At this point now, though we're we're already halfway through 2022, you're probably looking at 2030 for for some of these things to actually really fully take effect. If you're talking about developing out here in the West Coast, which I think they should totally do, um, let's take a quick uh, early commercial timeout, Pop, and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of drama uh, with some individuals that we uh, love to talk about on the national scene, like Kevin Durant as well as um, what's become a national story this week because of the details that emerged when the Dodgers visited the Atlanta Braves. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back after a very quick commercial timeout. We'll talk more with Pop DiBiase right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Mike Now, back to this week's program. 
So, Pop, I'm of the uh, – I've mentioned the word old school like four times, and I, I, I think I've hit the limit for, for one show, but I'm going to say it one more time, which is I'm kind of from the old school um, mentality when it comes to how I hoist up or revere certain legends from the past that played their entire career on one team. Now, I know that's not always possible, and I'm very happy for free agency. Don't get me wrong. But we're getting to a point to where I'm now starting to think of uh, a certain way about Kevin Durant. Um, you could probably fill us in because you're you're the NBA insider, not me. But if, when you look at like the the Hall of Fame greats, most of them, the true greats, really were on just one team their whole career, or maybe two. And when it was two, maybe it would be a situation like Kareem, where he had a long, successful run with the Milwaukee Bucks and then a long, even more successful run with the L.A. Lakers, right? But Durant now is going to get into that situation with those, you know, like those baseball guys that have been in the league for a, a thousand years and they've played on eight teams, but they're going to be Hall of Famers. And it's like, which hat are you going to wear for the Hall of Fame? Which team are you repping in the Hall of Fame? That type of thing. It's kind of the road that Kevin Durant's going in right now. What's going on in Brooklyn? Well, I just think that Brooklyn just ran out of time, man. They brought the players. They brought everything that was requested upon, but the fit's just not there. I don't think that they trust Brooklyn's, you know, logic. I think that, they know that they that they don't really have real direction. They're letting the players direct everything. And what happened is, is that they didn't fire uh, Steve Nash. It's that simple. You know, Steve Nash got brought in, replaced a really good coach that was building something in Brooklyn, a guy who didn't miss the playoffs, and Kenny Atkinson with a little bit of nothing. He had, yeah, he had a little bit of nothing. You know, and he had to spend every year trading away his top player. To make sure they got KD and 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 Kyrie, first thing they do, they get rid of the guys that would have been helpful in the long run. Carries Levert, um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie was huge for Dallas throughout the playoffs this year. So that could have been the Nets. So the Nets have just made really bonehead bad moves, and I just think that it's time for it's just it just didn't work the way that they thought it was going to work. That's the whole thing. If they were enticed by playing in Brooklyn, playing in Barclays, kind of playing for a team that does not have the superstars but has a great location, a great story behind it. You can be kind of like, you know, you can put the whole hip-hop feel behind it in the subway and the New York streets and all that bull BS. But at the end of the day, though, if you can't satisfy, if you don't have direction, where are we going? You know what I mean? I don't think that I think KD and Kyrie have the idea that they know that this team is not going anywhere because they don't have a coach and they refuse to get rid of that coach. Mike D'Antoni walked out on the team midway through the season because it was it got that bad. It wasn't that he had someone against Nash. It's just that Nash's coaching style isn't he's not a good coach because he did. He, he jumped the line. You know, at least Steve Nash was an executive for a while. He got to understand how to build a team first, and then he was able to coach a team. But spending all those years in the booth, he was able to get enough time to watch teams play, 
and and understand the game a little bit better, watch film, and come up with his own style because he's a guy that, regardless of how people feel about him hitting threes and things like that, he spent a lot of time on the bench. It's, it's you know defensive liability. He spent a lot of time on the bench. He's a he's a specialist. He's only brought in for twenty minutes. So you know he has a, he had a good idea on how to coach. Steve Nash didn't spend that much time on the bench. Steve Nash was a a, a floor general. It's different. And he's coming at them as if he's going to go out there on a court and play with them, and he's not. And so they have no structure. They have no direction. And KD and them are just out there playing. And I think that KD knows that there's other old guys out there. And now we're getting to the point to where we got so many young guys playing on all these teams in the NBA. It's okay for these old all-stars to all be playing with each other. It's fine. Because they're not guaranteed to beat these young boys. That's the whole thing. These guys are hungry to prove themselves to these guys, and they're all at their 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 last days, like 30 years ago when we had a great batch of guys in the uh, 90s, and then the 2000s hit, and all these guys are starting to go out, and literally they all starting to play on the same team as well too. But these guys are so talented that they still get a lot of airtime. Because, like, when Pat Ewing went to uh, the Sonics, did anybody care? Did anybody care when Pat Ewing went to the Magic? And then Pat Ewing was a, is a New York City legend. Come on, did anybody care when Hakeem went to the Raptors? Hakeem is considered uh, one of the greatest centers of all time. Think about that, Mike. And i give you this. Kevin Durant is a modern-day Moses Malone. Moses Malone was a uh, was uh was one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. They don't talk about him as much as they talk about the other great ones because he doesn't have as many rings. But he played on a lot of teams, and he always was seen as the man, as a superstar, as a big time scorer. But he was a guy who was ready to hit the road if he didn't like what was going on there. And it's just that simple, man. And uh, people don't want to put those comparisons on folks because they don't know enough about the game, Mike. That's the whole thing. You keep saying old school. But the thing is, a lot of people just forget that a lot of these these players are players that we've already seen before. It's just a new day and a new time. Yeah, but even when you say when you talk about some of those teams that were on multiple, I mean, some of those players that were on multiple teams later on in their career, you know, a lot of the a lot of the teams that you rattled off, I even forgot that those guys played for like Patrick Ewing is a Nick Hakeem. Is a rocket. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, and I know you don't think about it because they got thrown career. away. That's the whole thing. But so like, they spent the bulk of teams. their careers. It's kind of it's like a little bit different. Like when you're play, like when you want to play two, three more seasons, you know, and so you're willing to take a, a maybe a, a a lesser role and that type of thing to extend your career. Uh, but usually it doesn't happen in, in kind of in, in the prime of your career. I guess it did with Shaq. So I'm wrong about that one. That's for sure. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm speaking from the, from the heart more than than reality. You know what I mean? But I hear you, man. So wh- how do you think this this Durant thing uh, shakes out? And and where where would he be a uh, where would he be interested in going? Do you think? Well, I'm hearing some hyper theory right now, some big, big hype. But they saying that quite possibly that the Lakers could pull off the same type of deal that the Dodgers pulled off not too long ago with the Red Sox, 
where they go get a the the big haul, where they go get where they actually acquire these superstars, and they said that they possibly could have a package in place to where the Lakers and the Nets could agree upon to a deal. I said, well, could you do Westbrook AD straight up for uh, Kyrie KD? I would think that that wouldn't even be a bad that wouldn't even be a bad trade. I think that would be a uh, uh, actual functional trade because all the money may, matches up, but. Um, Knowing LeBron, he wouldn't want to lose AD. So there's somewhere the, the the Lakers probably would have to go ahead and bank in on draft picks that are in 2030, 2032 to probably make this deal happen. To be honest, which Lakers probably won't have a first round pick for the next ten years. You know, if they were if they're able to pull some if they're able to pull which means that the Lakers off. are never getting younger. Yeah, that's just that's just what it's gonna. I just think that what's gonna happen is, is that. What happens is I think that KD is going to figure out a way to get on a team like Miami, who has the assets to make this deal happen. And I think Kyrie will move on down the road, and I think he'll figure out a way. I think they're going to figure out a way to get Kyrie to L.A. I think Kyrie Kyrie is on the way to the Lakers, to be honest with you, because Westbrook opted in. He opted in. I think that you, you can swap these two pieces right here. The Nets can go ahead, and they can live with Westbrook because they know that, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, we got to rebuild this team. And you know what? We just want guys that want to play basketball and want to be here. So, and that's something that Westbrook would want to do. He would want to be there. He would love to be in New York City, you know, and do all those artistic things that he does and all those philanthropical things and all those things that he does back for the community. So he would love being in a place like Brooklyn. So I was, I could see Kyrie and Westbrook getting swapped for each other. But KD, since KD's on his way out. And I would say this, I would think that Miami could be a a very, very possible destination. They're not going to send him to the Knicks. That's not going to happen. They're not going to send him across the bridge to the Garden. They're not. That's not going to happen. So they can rule that part out. Quite possibly, the Clippers can jump into this deal and dangle Paul George as well, too. The Clippers probably have enough assets to make a deal like this happen, but I don't think you can mix Durant and Kawhi. That's the whole thing, because that games is well actually you can because Kawhi can play with anybody and if Durant came to play with Kawhi I would say this right now you could just go ahead and I I, I won't even want to put this type of prediction on this mediocre franchise this mediocre tradition that we call the Clippers but that team would have a big big shot to be in the finals and win the finals with wow. those two on the court together because that's how good the Clippers roster really is. They just got a bad coach. I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't think Ty Lue's a good coach. I think that he's just a guy that gets – when you get talented players, you look really good. But you got to be a great coach to coach talent, though, too, at the same time, right? Sure but do. if you can't coach scrubs, then you, if, you, if you can't coach scrubs, but you can coach all the talent, I don't think you're a good coach to me. I think Pop has answered the call where he's had a – uh, literally a roster of G League players the last three years, and he was able to at least get to the playoffs two out of three of those years. Or I think every year still. It wasn't a high seed, but still, he got he made it. So, you know, that's what, what I look at. But I think that KD doing what he did, I think that was a little, little blasphemy because last week he said he was fine. He said he was good with everything that's going on in Brooklyn and things like that. Kyrie opts in. He's ready to go. Well, you mentioned you mentioned talent and, uh, and L.A. being a possible destination of talent. 
L.A. being the Clippers, that is. Let's shift our attention to another L.A. team that's filled with probably the most talent that you'll find anywhere on a big league field on any given day during this season, and that's Dodger Stadium. Uh, the drama, though, happened on the other side of the country in Atlanta when the Dodgers went to the ATL where the Braves, hard to say this, but they are the world champions, gave out their World Series ring to their homegrown local boy, locally grown, I should say, because he's from L.A., uh, Freddie Freeman, their MVP. And he was very emotional. He was very touched. It almost went a little bit too far. Then you started hearing about there's maybe more to this. Maybe the guy didn't want to leave after all. And then as each day has passed since then, more and more information has trickled out all the way to the climax, which is that Freddie Freeman has fired his agent, Excel Sports, and he is now self-represented. That's what it says in the MLB Players Association database. So what do we know? We know that he was emotional. We know that it went maybe it got a little too sappy for a long time and kind of maybe rubbed some of the Dodger players and organization the wrong way. We know that he fires his agent, and we find out later on that there's a possibility that Atlanta actually would have had the winning bid, but that that offer was never disclosed to Freddie Freeman. Supposedly. What do you make of all this mess, man? I think it's just BS, to be honest with you, Mike. I think that, you know, if you want the guy so badly, you want to trade it for Olsen. If you wanted to make the deal happen, you don't go get Olsen. Well, unless unless you're told by the representatives that we have an offer that we're going to take elsewhere. Right? Well, you know... My thing is like this. Okay. They didn't get, if Freddie, if, the agent works for Freddie. Okay. And if Freddie said, okay, I want it. Okay. First deal they throw out there, he says, okay, I want this deal. They countersuit with this. They meet you a little bit more. They put a couple million more dollars on the deal. Then you should go ahead and sign that deal. But you know what Freddie Freeman thought about? And I heard about some other things that went on with this team as well, too. He didn't. So he kind of had a little couple issues with Acuna and Albies and things like that. You know, their style of play is a little different and things and nature. And sometimes they might not have been giving up a, a, as much effort at, at times as well, too. There there was times where they had a, a, a few arguments and things of that nature. And I think that with, you know, him being from Cal- Southern California, this being his dream team, and him already getting a World Series and being able to make some real money and then moving back to the state of California for with his two young children, I think that he did what he wanted to do. I think he wanted to come back and play for the Dodgers. I think that all this is just theater for the MLB because the MLB don't get stories like this. They don't. And that's why we all love baseball because they don't have guys who have this whole little – Oh, I'm sad, and I didn't want to lead his team, and I didn't want to do this. Guys just go about their business, and they know it's a business. And I think that 
They just are, are over here overplaying it because they won a World Series and the, the Atlanta was so welcoming to him. And then, you know, somebody, a little-ish starter, has to go and whisper in your ear, well, yeah, we had we had $148 million and we had this, that, and the other. Well, show me the paperwork then. You know what I mean? Why don't we see it? If uh, You know, people can say whatever they want, Mike. But at the end of the day, though, I think that the agent did exactly what the client wanted him to do. And I know it, it, it's, 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 it's emotional right now because it looks like, you know, he just won and they just went up there and he was he was actually just out of pocket, to be honest with you, you know, <laughs> what he was talking about. Like, this is something that maybe you might talk about after your career is over, not as as you're playing with this team. And I think that's where the Dodgers and Dodger fans, well, not the Dodgers, Dodgers don't care, but Dodger fans are, are steamed right now. They're ready oh, to yeah. boo oh, the guy yeah. tonight. And so I'm like, well, that's not good because this is a guy that you guys literally were uh, loving first, first game of the season. Come on, don't do that. It's, we st- he's stuck here, and he's not going to just play bad baseball. He's going to still show up. He's still going to be really good. But sometimes in this new wave of sports, people just don't know how to explain themselves professionally. They every they put a lot of emotions on their sleeve. So I think that's what exactly happened to Freddie. I think that this is something that can be fixed fairly quickly in the Dodgers locker room. I think what I think this is what I think. When I recreate the scenario in my mind, this is what I think happened. Now, by the way, just so you know, a lot of times when you're talking about these offers, uh you really don't even get into this like paperwork stage until very, 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 very late in the game. So what I'm thinking happened was this, okay? His agent, who's also Clayton Kershaw's agent, looked at the scenario and um, was was going was executing orders from the boss, like you said. Freddie Freeman's is the one calling the shots. You know what? Let me hold off until after this commercial timeout, and then I'll break it down for you. And then we're going to actually talk about some sports on the field because we've gone now 40 minutes, Pop. We haven't even mentioned a single game yet or anything about on-the-field sports. So we'll come back with some sports talk in a few moments. Stay, stay with us, everyone. We will be right back with Pop DiBiase on the Mike Avedere Show. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Last segment on the Mike Abadir Show, we were talking about the Freddie Freeman situation. I'll make it brief. This is what I think happened, Pop. What I think happened was, if all things are equal, you know, I'm going to pursue what my client wants. I'm going to play the role of the agent for a second here, a baseball agent, because I'm not a baseball agent. Um, But I understand how the dynamic works. I think uh, maybe a, a, a part of the process... The pro- into the process, it got to the point to where the agent felt that there was an opportunity to explore with the Dodgers. Explored it. It looked like they were going to be able to come up with the dough to make it happen. Now, think of the appeal as an agent to having your guy come to L.A. in terms of the marketing opportunities. I mean, it's one thing to play in Atlanta. It's another thing to play for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, let's face it, Pop. If you're not with the Dodgers, Yankees, or the Red Sox, then you're, uh, from a marketing exposure perspective, L.A., New York, or Boston is going to trump over Milwaukee and Atlanta and anywhere else uh, and the baseball cities. I mean, that's not disputable. So... I think when it got to a point to where the when the Dodgers when it looked like the Dodgers were really being competitive, and they ponied up an offer, and he presented it to Freddie, and Freddie's like, "Well, if a team that I won the World Series for isn't gonna come back and show me this kind of love, then I'm gonna go to L.A." Agents like, "Great." Agents Casey Close, by the way, Casey says, great, let's do this thing. Right before he accepts, he probably gets a call from Alex, general manager over Atlanta Braves. Hey, this is Alex. We're going to go ahead and we're going to match the numbers that you guys are asking for. It's maybe a few dollars more than the Dodgers one. Now, Casey's got a choice to make. Do I even present this thing or not? Because... He's not going to be with my other guy, Clayton Kershaw, in L.A., and we're all going to make boatloads of money and win a bunch of World Series together with the Dodgers. You know, I think we're good with the Dodgers offer. We're going to go ahead and take it. All right, Freddie, let's go ahead and take this Dodgers deal. Okay, sounds good. I don't think he even presented it. I think it came and went like the wind. So, 
Fast forward to this week. Ready, big hugs, everybody in the organization. Alex comes in, gives him a monster hug. Man, I really thought you were going to take that last final offer that we gave you, man. I, 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 but I'm happy for you. I'm glad you're doing well in L.A. Wait, what, uh, what offer? Yeah, that 10-year whatever dollar amount deal that we offered you. I didn't get that offer. Oops. Then that's how the drama started unfolding. I think that's something along those lines is kind of how it went down. Because there's no other way that a lot of this other information would be leaked. And then you get a firing, and then that confirms that that leak was accurate. That's kind of what I'm thinking happened. We will never know. He's a pro's pro. He's going to keep hitting a lot of home runs for the Dodgers. I think they're going to put this thing behind him. Uh, all the parties involved. Um, I did see Clayton Kershaw kind of, uh, he was a little bit annoyed, I think. And maybe even, even more annoyed now that he fired their co, you know, their fellow agent that they both shared at one point. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But Dodgerland, I don't think you have anything at all to worry about. The, these guys are consummate professionals. These guys are World Series winners, MVP, Cy Young Award winners. They're about getting the business done. Okay, and guys like that, they can, you know, they'll go past their hurt, hurt feelings, they'll hug it out, and everything's going to be fine in Dodger land. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Interesting, like you said, though, Pop, it's uh, it's kind of a weird sports week, you know, when, when some of these uh, topics are kind of, uh, I don't want to say dominating the headlines, but they're they're being discussed. And like you said, baseball is not really a sport that usually deals with a lot of drama, especially during the middle of the year. Usually any drama that's happening is going to be because of brawls or, you know, a team getting hit by pitch seven times or something along those lines. Maybe a bad umpiring call at the end of the game or something like that. Very unique for baseball to be in this uh, set of circumstances in the middle of the year. That said, the Dodgers. What, what I'm going to tell you is the same thing I've been telling you every week. Potters are hanging in there. The Dodgers are going to be okay at the end of the year, of course. But when are we going to see a run from the Dodgers that's Yankee-like? I don't think the Yankees are going to be able to sustain this level of success, by the way. It's impossible. They're like winning every single game now. I'm going to be honest with you, though, Mike. The Dodgers could have... At really got to got away from them if they didn't drop two out of three to Colorado, but it's okay because they got four against the uh, Padres this weekend, starting tonight, and I think that this is going to be the series that pulls them away from the Padres. Why? Because the Padres are have lost their last five out of six games. Literally, Phillies came out to San Diego this weekend and got absolutely uh, had their way. It was like. Damn, you guys must be eating good shrimp tacos every single night because the way that they were coming, winning the games, they, it didn't matter if they were down or not. They came back and won the game. So, you know, Philadelphia gets a much-needed sweep. Then Arizona takes the first two games as well, too. 
So the Dodgers are actually in good shape. They're actually a game and a half up, and they're tied in the win column with uh, the Padres. So if the Padres were to actually win tonight, the Dodgers are still in first place. It's, it's crazy. But if the Dodgers win tonight, then they actually their lead actually increases a little bit more. Now they go up to two and a half. If they get three out of four this weekend, then they leave up four and a half games. I think that's a good cushion for a team like San Diego that's going through a little bit of a rut right now. Yeah, yesterday's game was really ugly. They blew a 6-0 mm-hmm. lead late night against the uh, D-backs. Right. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that, that's not something that, that you wanted. That was Tuesday too, Mike. They played in the day yesterday. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That uh, you may you may be right about that. That was the six zero game, uh, that that was a walk off. Uh, Rojas scored. Uh, I guess that was the day. But yeah, I'm kind of blending all the days together now, man. This is a uh, a Padres swoon that is um uh a possible possibility of maybe looking ahead. To, uh, to to this big series with 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 the Padres, I don't know that's always. I mean, with the Dodgers, that's always the excuse, right? Like when a team loses to a bad team, you just look at the schedule and you're like, oh well, they're playing a really good team coming up. Oh, they're looking ahead, right? I think it's just one of those things where they're kind of hitting their their rough patch of the year. Mackenzie Gore, um, he's had a uh, you know a few rough outings in a row now. He, uh, you know, he's not he's showing some chinks in the armor as a rookie. Uh, I think he'll be okay, um, but tonight they've got their their main guy going Musgrove. This guy's been lights out all year. Uh, advantage uh, Padres tonight at least because the Dodgers are they got White uh, on the mound, so they're not getting the 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 Kershaw and Urias part of the rotation because those guys just played in uh, Colorado, right? Right. Um, haven't looked ahead to see how the the series matches up or aligns pitching wise. I'm guessing that the Dodgers are going to be facing Darvish. So my point is the Dodgers are going to be getting the Padres' best artillery. I'm not so sure that the Padres are going to be getting the Dodgers' best. Um, if if they're going to make make their presence felt, it's right now. It's, it's showtime. Yeah, I just think that what's going to happen this weekend is that well, Musgrove is cooking this year, and, you know, White is only one and one, and so he's pretty much a spot starter. So you know that you're going to get a lot of pitches tonight for the Dodgers. I think you got a good point with that, Mike. But one thing you do need to look at in the schedule, because, you know, I'm glued in on baseball on a daily basis because i got to make sure i got these numbers right. So that's how we get dogs together. That's how I know. That's how I read when a dog can win it big and things like that. Team might have lost three games in a row but only lost the game by a run. Man, I, I like that team going into the game. But my point is this. Look at the schedule, though, Mike. We know that Monday and Thursday are always going to be a day off for – teams in the MLB not everybody but at least half the league right so the Dodgers I noticed when they had their little run where they weren't doing too good where you know where they they you know they the last week they go they won five out of six right and that's because they only played five days last week the week though the Dodgers actually played this week the Dodgers are actually playing a full seven days. And so that's when teams start lagging a little bit. It's because they haven't had any time off. And the Padres 
have played like maybe six games one week, another seven games and another week. They haven't really had that much time off, and they've been playing all week as well too. So I think both teams' energy is going to be exactly the same, and I won't be surprised if it winds up being a split as well too. Tomorrow they it's uh, going to be uh, Gonsolin going against Snell. Snell really hasn't got on track at all with the Padres so far. Gonsolin is pitching like he could be the uh, all-star game starter, uh, especially because the game is going to be in L.A. He's definitely been worthy of that. Uh, the day after that is going to be Darvish against Anderson. So they're going to um, they're going to get the, the the Padres, you know, main guys, Darvish and uh, Musgrove. Snell, this is an opportunity. And then in the last game of the series, Mackenzie Gore will be going against Kershaw. So they actually will get Kershaw in the finale. That should be pretty fun stuff. We're getting close to the uh, close of the show here, Pop. Uh, do want to mention a fun series to watch, not just because I'm a Red Sox fan, just because they don't play very often. The Red Sox are going to Wrigley Field playing against the Chicago Cubs. So that should be a, a, a fun Fun game always, a heralded, kind of... always a heralded matchup regardless of anything. One of these days we'll get a Red Sox-Cuz World Series too, and it'll be just such theater. Oh, uh, that'll be absolutely pandemonium, man. That'll be absolutely right. crazy. Great so theater. you were talking about putting together dogs and all that good stuff. Since we got a, 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 a few moments here, I want to use them wisely, help the listeners out a little bit, and um, tell them about how they can get set up with you, for your services and your picks, we got about a minute and a half, Pop. You got it. It's all you. Uh, y'all can just get on the Twitter, or you guys can start watching the show, and I always have my information there. And um, if you guys don't want to sign up to be an exclusive client, I do have plays out daily. Now, we haven't been doing the show on a daily basis, but we will get back to that. I just got to get a little bit more, you know, we got to get a little bit more action going and things like that. And so pretty much um, you guys can hit me up on the Twitter at pop DBI. So you guys can come there and sign up with me. If you like, you guys can go ahead and hit me up on Instagram at DBI wave underscore as well too. And I can get you guys situated right now. The website is still under construction because we're separating some things. So uh, yeah, you guys just go ahead and sign up and I'll get you situated with those exclusive picks on a daily basis. And they're good stuff, I'll tell you. There's a, a lot of um, a lot of information that Pop and company are crunching. A lot of data. It's a very very well computed product. I think you'll find that to be the case. And when you're on the winning side of the equation, Pop man, as always, great to have you on. Uh, it's fun fun having a, a pleasure, like almost an hour long with you without even really breaking down games and talking about games, but that's just kind of the, the Thursday that it was. Thank you for joining us. As always, we will see you uh, again many times, I'm sure, during this summer. And to the listeners, we thank you always for listening. Without you, there's no show. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Join the Soul of Enterprise hosts, Ron Baker and Ed Klass, along with Voice America at the Scaling New Heights Conference in Orlando, Florida, June 20th through the 22nd. You'll hear from keynote speakers and game changers in the industry on the Voice America Live Events page. Go to voiceamerica.com slash live events to hear all the action live starting on June 20th at 11 a.m. Pacific, sponsored by Sage. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in. 